Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. The algorithm is not my enemy. The algorithm is my friend. Welcome to Do It On A Dime. Hi guys, Do It On A Dime here and- Over 10 years, over 335 million views. How did you start YouTube in the first place and how you got here today? I found that short form content is an amazing way to drive viewership to my channel. So I would see something start to trend or be like, whoa, like I have something to say here and start to pivot my content toward that. Welcome back to the Think Media Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be learning from a creator that is getting 2.8 million views per month right now. She's going to be breaking down her strategies, her tips, but she's also been on YouTube for over a decade. So there's going to be some priceless insights for not just how to start a new channel, but how to succeed over the long haul and the ups and downs that come with a creator career. Uh, Catherine from Do It On A Dime shares her passion for organizing, frugal living, and DIY across the internet with a message that living your best life on a budget is achievable for anyone. So if you're short on money and time, she is your go-to girl and her mission is to help you create a beautiful organized lifestyle on a frugal budget. And today we get to learn from all of her YouTube secrets and tips. Catherine, Welcome to the show. What's up, Sean? I'm so glad to be here. This is awesome. So we actually got to talk six, seven years ago, different channel, video influencers, and uh, you already had built um, a powerful channel by that time. But now you've been still doing it. You've been still going. And uh, over 10 years, over 335 million views Um, Tell people a little bit about your story of how did you start YouTube in the first place and how you got here today? Oh, man, Sean, I remember that interview. I remember I was like eight months pregnant and that was at our old house. I mean, I'm a teacher by trade. Hey, so I was born and raised in Detroit. I came down to North Carolina and I had a teaching career. And, you know, obviously as a teacher, I didn't make a lot of money. And so there were everybody at that time. This was back like circa, you know, 2012, 2013 was posting all these haul videos that was just really in style. And so, and everything was so expensive. And I was like, well, I can't afford that. I'm a pretty organized person. So I was shopping a lot at the dollar store and I'm like, nobody is sharing this at all. And so I didn't have any training. I just had a lot of passion. I was a middle school teacher, so I'm quirky, right? So I just like, I pick up a flip camera and I filmed my first video in January of 2012. And looking back, I'm like, man, I had hit a tent pole, right? Already January, everyone's looking to get organized and save money. Hey, so that was, you know, my first video was how to organize your home on a tight budget. Budget. And I put it out there, expected nothing to happen. And I came back a few months later to thousands of views and people were interested. It was during the recession. And so it truly was a serendipitous start to YouTube. But as I started creating content and developing an audience, I was like, man, there's really something here. Um, and you know, one thing as somebody who's been doing this for a really long time is I think really early on, I adopted a strategy of the pivot, right? So I would see something start to trend or be like, whoa, like I have something to say here and start to pivot my content toward that. And then things just started snowballing. So you talk about that 1% 
better when creators, you know, I feel like a lot of people say like, just double down on what works, you know, like that's what that, what I was actually doing. I didn't realize I was doing it, but I would start to create more content, you know, involving the dollar store. Eventually for a little while I had a family channel. Um, but you know, things really started to take off for me. Um, and then eventually I got to the spot where I was able to quit my teaching job and pursue YouTube full time. And this was right around 2018 or so after my son was born. Um, and we had a lot of life stuff that was happening. And then, you know, the upcoming pandemic, right? Um, but people, when people were stuck in their homes, you know, do it on a dime, really succeeded during that time. And I think there's always a niche of people looking to make their homes better and do so affordably. And so what I've done to just sustain this brand is take this same story, right? Started off in the same place and just pivot it through different lenses. And I, I love what I do. I now, you know, work full time with my husband at this. I have a small team behind me um, and, you know, on different platforms, just keeping my hand on all the burners or not my hand. That would be a bad idea. The pots on all the burners. And uh, yeah, here we are. So man, your story is so inspiring. And I want to go back to, it sounds like what, 2012, 2011 to 20, mm -hmm. the first four years, it took four years before you took yep. the leap and left your teaching job, correct? Mm -hmm. It did. And I know that was at the time too, when nobody was really doing that. Like I, there was pushback from people in my life. They're like, you're going to do YouTube full time. Like, what is that? Um, and it was, it was scary because I was taking something that was kind of an unknown variable, but also it, you know, I had some trust in myself at that point because that was when I really started to work with brands a lot more consistently. And I was like, there is some real opportunity here to reach more people if I have more time for my YouTube channel. And just like as a human being too, like we only have so much bandwidth in the day. And I think looking back at myself early on, like I, I was hustling so hard, like trying to wear all the hats. Um, um, and I think as soon as I stepped out and I said, you know, this is what I'm pursuing full time, there was kind of like an almost an ease in that. I'm like, okay, now I have like my focus right. You know, I'm only focusing on these few things and I, I want to make them great. Um, and for me, those things have always been my family first and, um, you know, my job and my sanity has to be a part of that in there too. <laughs> and so if you were giving some advice to creators, I love your advice um, about eventually taking a leap, getting focused. Mm -hmm. And obviously I had momentum at that time and it was a calculated risk. But while you were in that season of the side hustle where you were juggling so many things, what are some of the things that helped you create content, balance family, maybe it balances the wrong word, but mm. ultimately get through those four years where so many creators are there. There may be already monetized. There's money coming in. There's a brand deal or two, but there's still that gap. Give some advice for the gap. Yeah, the gap. I mean, balance is still an elusive word for me, I'll be honest. Like, I, I would love to be like, oh, yes, I'm so balanced. I, I think, honestly, the, um, the mindset for most creators that gets you into this, there is something about you that likes to be creative. You like to push yourself. You like to try new things. And I think sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate to creating balance or like a, a business that sustains, right? Because you're balancing like this creative mind with this like only so many hours in the day. So really, as I hunkered down, like I had to reverse engineer exactly what I wanted and then plug and play the things that would allow me to get there. Like truly ask myself, what is it that I want? Like what number makes sense for our family so that we can go full time? 
cool. How do I do that? What are the five things I have in place right now that's allowing me to be able to get there? How much time a week do I want with my family? When am I going to schedule in my breaks? And when am I going to like double down and hustle hard? Um, and just giving myself an outline. And was it perfect? No, my gosh, like things came up all the time. Life got lifey real quick. But at the same time, just having like casting that vision for myself about what balance looked like for me allowed me to fill in the gaps. And for a lot, I think for a lot of creatives, especially early on, we work really hard. And then as we get into it, we're like, I need to stop working hard and working smarter. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was working so hard and doing all of these things. And I realized, Hey, I don't have to be producing two videos a week. I can make more money producing one longer quality video than two videos a week and doing, and especially now, like in today's environment and doing a few shorts. Right. So I I'm really looking at what output is going to involve sustainability for me and get the most out of it. I can make more money producing one higher quality video than two, especially mm -hmm. now in today's environment. What do you mean by that? So I feel, well, right now the YouTube algorithm definitely favors longer content. I can run more ads on that content and everything in my experience on my channel has been all about watch time. If I can get that watch time up and I can get that click-through rate pretty high, people are coming, they're staying, that video is going to get served to more people. And so especially now, and this is such good news too, for like people just starting out those brand new creators. Like it is very possible to get a really high number of views on a video. So some videos that would have gotten, you know, half the views, all of a sudden I'm doubling my viewership because it's longer. And for me, I found that short form content is an amazing way to drive viewership to my channel. Um, and so kind of the way that breakdown looks for me, because I always like to hear when people like actually give the specifics of their channel, right? So what I will do is TikTok is my sandbox. Um, I don't make a single cent from TikTok. I never have, but I will post videos, short form content on TikTok that is like, you know, break down like smaller segments of successful parts of YouTube videos. And I see what performs over there. If that video performs on TikTok, I know it's going to do really well on YouTube. So I'll pull those videos and put them on YouTube of that high performing content. Now it's going to get served in front of more eyeballs. My channel continues to grow. And then it's more likely that those viewers are going to watch that longer form content. So I, I all of a sudden had that strategy developed. So now I don't have to make two long, you know, fully produced YouTube videos. I need some really strategic shorts that are going to drive viewership to those other videos. Such a powerful strategy that you're doing there. And to define long form watch time, if I break yeah. down your channel or I look at your most recent uploads, long form, it seems like is between over eight minutes. So you could have multiple mm -hmm. ad spots to around 11 minutes. That seems to be the sweet spot for the last, uh, 10, 20 videos, 15, it looks like one yep. of them. Um, is that what you mean by long form? That is what I mean. And I guess this, I should clarify that too, because that's different for every creator. Like some creators I know um, that have very successful channels that I, you know, I work with, they, they are posting hour long videos <laughs> and that's, but that's done really well for them. And it might not do as well out the gate for them, but over time, if people are watching a larger percent of that video, I used to make content that was super short form. I'm talking like three to four minute videos and those performed really well for a time. And then I had to pivot off of that because they stopped performing as well. And I realized that that over eight minute mark, for me, that's a long video, really packed with tips. It almost trips over itself. That's keeping that watch time high. So powerful. Now, over 12 years, um, have you ever felt burnt out being um, uh, even now in the season where, okay, we got a team and my husband's helping me and I've got 
resource and money coming in, but have you been able to avoid burnout? Has there any been seasons of burnout? And what advice would you give to creators to stay healthy emotionally, physically, mentally? Oh man, I feel like this is a, any creator that I talk to struggles with this because I feel like there's there's an element of social media that's very hamster wheel, right? Like it's like you always gotta have something new. I have felt burnt out many times. And typically it's usually about once a year that I start to feel like, oh my gosh, like I don't know if I can handle all of this. You know, we went through a season um, that was really challenging for my family. It was shortly after my brother had passed away. My husband got diagnosed with um, Crohn's disease, which is a really gnarly illness. And we were having trouble managing that. And I just like that season in particular was one of intense burnout for me. Um, It was really hard for me to want to show up online and do this. And I think... I I think I handled it okay, but I think what I have to remember is I am in this for the long haul, right? And me working harder isn't going to give me any better content. So like even if I doubled down and I tried and I did all of these things, I'm just making myself not able to be creative and work later. And so I did have to pull back. There were weeks that I didn't post. And I I literally, for me, that felt like catastrophic. Like the world is over. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know that sounds intense, but like as a creative, like I really wanted that was a big part of my day. But it it turned out okay. And taking those rests and those breaks were really important. Um, I place a big value on mental health, on spending time with my family. And I think I really learned that in that season, that slowing down was okay. I was okay. And in some ways, it was actually a gift because it taught me that there are times when I can actually do less things. It's okay. And there's a better outcome. It was actually right around that time that I realized I don't need to be posting two videos a week. I'm better off creating one solid piece of content that performs much better. Um, And so, you know, over, and sometimes it's hard to have that, you know, 10,000 foot up view when you're like in the trenches, right? But I think there is a lot of value in times of my life where I've been like quiet and listening and reflective. And then times when I have the opportunity to be more creative and step out and try new things. So just like recognizing that part of yourself and knowing, all right, this is when I'm slowing down for a bit and reevaluating. And now here's the time where I get to step out and try something new. It makes me think of the power of seasons. And I feel like you've been through, we all Every listener has been through seasons. Um, It's like biblical. It says, as long as the earth remains, summer, fall, winter, spring, like there'll be seasons and, and, and the very world itself kind of gives us that there's life is seasonal Uh, question for you. And you kind of touched on this. You started in a particular economic season, which was Mm -hmm. jet fuel for your channel. Um, And those cycles continue to, to, happen, of course. And so you've been through a lot in the context of now doing this over a decade. What have you learned about seasons, how it relates to your family, how it relates to being a creator, how it relates to maybe seasons of growth? And I think one of the big emotions that can also hit creators, to your point about the pandemic, our views doubled as soon as the lockdown started from no effort of our own, just our back catalog. We were actually getting about 222 122,000 views was kind of just real-time views because of a library of content, ranked videos from suggested and search. And then boom, it went to a quarter million. We kept posting and and things got, got crazy, but 
literally a seasonal shift, something externally that happened in the world. So from your standpoint, what are some of the lessons you've learned about seasons that from you have a vantage point that most listening to this have not been doing this 12 years? What are your thoughts on seasons in your life? Oh, man, I would say embrace the season and embrace it wildly. Because even if I look big picture at my content, what I am doing 10 years ago is not different. I'm still shopping at the dollar store a lot. I'm still organizing houses. I'm still motivating people. And there's a joy and like lightness about my channel. I love doing it. But in each season, I just took what I wanted to share and I put it through a new lens. Like if you want to like take the analogy further, you could even think about like it's wintertime. I'm going to put on a jacket. I'm going to put on a scarf. I'm going to go outside. I'm not going to run outside in a bathing suit and like rail against the system and be like, I can't believe I'm so cold right now. Right. So, I mean, even just thinking back to the pandemic times, like there was this day, I remember like there was like the whole face mask thing. And I I literally like made no, there was nothing out there about face masks and they were sold out everywhere. So I made this video about how to like DIY a face mask. I put it live and immediately it was number three on trending. And I was like, holy cow. And it was a little bit accidental. Like I didn't even actually, I didn't think that many people would watch that. Right. But all of a sudden it's, it's big and it's out there. And I'm not saying that it has to be, you know, so direct like that, but to take things that are trending or the season of social media. And I, I really tend to see a lot of these things first, and this is my experience, but start appearing on TikTok, especially in the DIY space. TikTok is kind of like the origin of a lot of these seasons. Um, you know, there was a while that organization was really, really in people wanted to figure out how to organize. And then minimalism really started trending and decluttering. And so how can I take, the story that I'm already telling and apply it to this new season, which is more minimalism generated. Um, and there was a concept that I came across is called Swedish death cleaning. And those videos performed really well for me. That's some of my most viewed videos. And it had to do with decluttering the things that, um, you know, don't serve you in your life. And it has like kind of a ringy title. Right. And so, and my content was the same. It's the same content, but the lens was just a little bit different. So as you see those things changing, whether it's politically, socially, whether it's in your niche, just leaning your content into that and trying to see like, okay, what if I tried this angle? Does this work for me? How can I, um, cause I do find a lot of creators that I talk to, they'll say like, oh, like the algorithm, like these videos just aren't getting views. These used to get views. And for me, like the algorithm is not my enemy. The algorithm is my friend. Um, it, it is really a powerful tool in telling you this is the type of way that people want to come across content, find it and click on it. Like, are you allowing your content to be a part of that? Or are you just saying railing against it? So yeah, that, that seasonality metaphor is, is a really powerful one. They oftentimes, some of the best people at predicting what's going to happen in the future are those that have the best understanding of history and what's happened in the past. And there are a few people that have, again, over a decade of YouTube experience and have stayed in it and have stayed consistent during that entire time. Of course, the future is uncertain, but what are some of your predictions right now as a creator that you're paying attention to? You mentioned politically, economically, there's a lot of the, 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 the economy is insane right now. It seems like it's somewhat steady yet people say recessions here and the whole thing's about to fall apart. Do you worry about that too much? Worry is the wrong word. Do you, how thoughtful are you and what are some moves you're making right now or intentions you're making right now to be thoughtful so that you could be prepared to be ready or be ready to the word you used, pivot, 
What are some things mm-hmm. you're seeing coming down the line for creators? Man, that's a that's a really loaded question. I think, you know, from there's certain things I see coming down the line for myself. Um, but just in general, I feel like in the creator space, shorts, like shorts are king, obviously. Like shorts are getting so many views. Whether I mean Facebook, oh my gosh, like they've almost exclusively moved over to short form content. But I feel like we sort of operate on this pendulum of extremes where shorts are really in in right now, but also long form content. And I'm not talking about the eight minute long form. I'm talking like long form content like this, right? Like hour long uploads, podcast content. You see like almost these bookends of things being really powerful. And so I'm starting to look at as a creator, how can I, you know, level up my shorts game? How can I allow my content to be really powerful shorts and leverage that? Um, because I don't, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. And for it, that's a really hard thing, I think, for if you're used to creating one type of content, you know, like just because you make online video doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be good at making shorts, right? So I've had to practice that. It's almost like being in the learner's seat again and reminding, being like, okay, this is what's trending. This is the way that it's trending. Do I, how do my hooks look? Like uh, how long are people watching for? How is this performing and why? Um, and so that is something that I'm seeing a lot of. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of like return back to like, kind of raw and gritty and less polished type content on all platforms as being something, you know, that people really want to consume. I think consumers are a lot more mindful now too, which has been really interesting, especially because I, you know, do a lot of things with the dollar store, um, thrifting and how those markets are looking is something that I tend to pay attention to. But in general, I think regardless of what happens, like you, you asked the question, like, am I afraid or, you know, worried or anything like that? And I think of all the creators and Sean, I absolutely feel like you fall into this category too. Cause you are, you are like me. We're like the geriatric people of like the internet, right? Like truly, if you look at it, like we have been doing this for so long. And I feel like the people who really stay in the game are people who stay curious. Like you can see their curiosity when you talk to them in their content and they have found their voice and authority right? So you feel their authority and their curiosity almost at the same time. Um, And I know, you know, you do this super well in your interviews and like the things that you've gleaned, you can tell how you're also the authority as you're listening to other creators. And so being in the learner's seat, listening to my audience, having their voice be a part of my videos, right? Um, I think all of those things, people really respond to that in a really powerful way. And I I know a lot of creators who have stayed in the game for a really long time. And a lot of us are like, man, if there's one more app that comes out, I'm going to combust. This is so much work. But at the same time, I, I really feel like I don't have a fear of me being able to pivot into those things if I stay curious, if I stay willing and I keep doing what I'm doing, if that makes sense. There's there's a path that will open up. And it's probably not even one that I could predict because it never is. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like always one that comes out of the blue and you're like, oh, that. Okay. I'm curious enough to follow this down and see what happens. I know that was a little like cerebral, but I hope that made sense what I was trying to say. If you're looking to get your first thousand subscribers or make your first $1,000 on YouTube, then join our free YouTube challenge that many other small creators have joined and seen tons of success. During this free challenge, Sean is going to share some of the best strategies for growing to your first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, as well as making your first $1,000. Just go to tubewonkychallenge.com or check the link down in the description. Incredible insights there. And I want to go back. You mentioned vertical video, for example, on Facebook is blowing up. You are using TikTok as a place to experiment. 
verify an idea, turn that into a short, and it pretty much is guaranteed to work, a YouTube short. How active are you across platforms? And how would you tier platforms for you in terms of priority where you're uploading? Are you uploading your full-length, high-quality YouTube videos to Facebook? Are you able to monetize on any other platforms? What is your cross-platform strategy. This is right now today. And that I feel like I'm in the pivot right now. Like right now feels like a big pivot for me. YouTube is still king in my opinion. Like YouTube is where the money is. Honestly, it's where the AdSense money is. Um, that's where the brand deals come from. Like YouTube is my bread and butter. That is not going anywhere. YouTube is a platform that I think is such a solid that is like when I people ask what I do, I say I'm a YouTuber, right? Like that is where things start for me. But I think that there is a lot of value in diversifying some. Um, for a while, I actually wasn't putting anything on Facebook for years. Um, and then I hired a company to help me do my Facebook because I just did not have the bandwidth. And I was making pretty decent money uploading my long form content onto Facebook. But that started changing recently. Meta is just like doing its whole own thing. Um, and Facebook tends to do that change very rapidly. And so as the ads have changed, have changed there, it seems like short form content is really starting to evolve. You know, Instagram went from, you know, carousels and static posts to basically only reels as the way to grow. So I'm only posting reels on Instagram now. And then, you know, TikTok, it's very, I just want to say easy to go viral, but there's a lot of possibility for you to go viral on TikTok and see what the community is responding to, especially those like people who may not know who you are, right? TikTok is so transient. And I don't think there's a very strong sense of community in my experience on TikTok. The community, I feel very much on YouTube, but all of these are kind of pulse points for me, right? Like if I'm looking at myself as a YouTube creator, I serve my audience that comes to my YouTube videos. Within that video, what are the most salient points? In other words, the highest watch time. You can see that little graph, right? The gray line. Where are people watching? They're sticking around here. Let me turn that into a short because that's a sound bite. So for me, I kind of look at it as a web and YouTube is the center. And that well could change. I don't know. Um, Facebook was kind of, you know, starting to come into that as well as like a, a really big performer for me. But now it's it's very different. Like there isn't as much revenue on Facebook. And so I'm pivoting off of that. I'm keeping that, you know, pot on the stove as it were, because you never know. But I think the biggest thing overall is obviously to have a platform like YouTube that allows you to have those long form content and create that community. But just be willing and ready to to try new things in other places and take the stuff you're already making and just repackaging. Again, you're just like, this is what I've got. How can I repackage this and see if I can, um, you know, what people respond to? And is there a difference between would a vertical video that ends up getting cut out of a video be a Facebook reel, also go on TikTok, also go as a YouTube short? Are you creating original shorts from the ground up or vertical videos that also might be an Instagram reel, a Facebook reel. And we can also transition into maybe talking about how a team is supporting you. As anybody's mind listening to this, you start thinking about that, you go, man, I, even just managing the distribution of content in and of itself can get kind of wild. And so is that something you tackle or do you have now like a social media manager, somebody that's kind of helping um, DJ out 
especially vertical video across platforms? Yeah, so I do have help. Um, and my husband is a big help in editing of those vertical videos. But I, the one thing that I will say is it sounds like a lot. But if you think about it as my main video is like my home base pulse point, right? And then from that, I'm going to extract shorts. Typically, all of the video footage I'm extracting from the YouTube video. And then I play with it in different ways. I am not reinventing the wheel every time. Sometimes I will go back to videos that I made four, five years ago. That content, like people don't remember that, right? Like this, especially because we move, like we live in such a fast paced world, right? People don't remember something you posted last week. So I will take content that I know is really high performing from old videos and put those into shorts. So if I'm really thinking about it, those pieces that I'm pulling out, this one strong concept, I now have three angles. Those are three different videos for shorts. Um, and I experiment. Some videos are, the audio is extracted directly from the YouTube video I post. Some, I do a voice up on it um, to try to get a hook or to try to see if I can get people to stay. What are people responding to? Some, I want to include my face in it. You know, the first three seconds is seeing a face. How does that, you know, in increase or decrease engagement? Um, and I think because of... YouTube is really like a, a deck for me. I mean, people can go back to videos that I posted three years ago, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at my dashboard, and I'm like, this video I posted four years ago is one of my most watched this month. YouTube is like you know, a Rolodex of information, and it's constantly resurfacing old content, whereas short-form content is very fresh of the moment. This is within like the last three weeks. So there's nothing wrong with taking content that maybe you know is good, the YouTube video showed it was good, and repackaging it in a couple of weeks in a new format, right, to see like, how can I change the hook? How can I change the intro to this? And right now, because this is new, I do have a pretty big hand in, you know, creating some of those. Um, but it has been really nice to have, you know, a small team of people to be able to bounce ideas off of to um, that offer different insights, whether it's with creative or editing to get some of those like basics out of the way. So I'm just working with like the skeleton and we can play with it from there. You're breaking down some very tactical insights that we can apply and maybe even moving into a more advanced conversation in the sense that for those that start adding a team, that's a, a whole pivot point of an, enough revenue coming in and getting to that level. Um, how big is your team now? And honestly, I will say, Sean, like my, my team is smaller than most people's teams. I would think at the number of like, if you want to look at like subscriber numbers or viewership or whatever, but I, I still do a lot of editing of videos myself. Like I am the primary final editor of all of my main YouTube content that goes out. I enjoy that. I enjoy that storytelling and messing with the metrics to get that watch time up. It's something that I, I, I enjoy. But right now my husband works with me. So I helped, you know, train him on how to use Final Cut Pro. That's what I used to edit. Um, and then I have an assistant that runs and she's virtual that runs all of my social media pages. So she addresses comments on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that sort of thing. Um, and then I have an assistant that is, you know, working with me on DIY projects, shopping and helping just kind of like make these transformations come to life so we can, you know, turn them quickly because a lot of the DIY project, especially if you're in the DIY space, man, like that is talk about like physical burnout. You're doing like a lot of stuff right in the background. So, um, and then I have, you know, a company that I hired to help with my Facebook page and they are also remote and they are taking my content and just, you know, putting it on Facebook and helping it get in front of eyeballs. So it's really a team of about like six people that I'm working with. Um, and it's, they're not all full time. It's, you know, 
mostly part-time virtual contract type work. Um, but it's, it's really worked for the season of life that I'm in and helped given me more balance. Um, but all this to say, I think when I started, this is only in the last couple of years that this is that, you know, the word team has even been a part of that, that story, right? Um, this is something that has transitioned for me over time and gradually. Like I would be able to, because I was doing it myself, very clearly see, okay, if I want to have more time in my day and more bandwidth, this is something that I can pass off and being willing to do that. Um, and kind of doing that slowly, not feeling like it was like this big thing that I had to like, you know, whatever, finding those people who could help and then training them, right, to be able to help um, allowed me to have a little bit more time in the day and I could devote to other things. So it didn't come fast for me. It was slow. But I know that the people that I've selected and the roles that they have are intentional that will help grow my business. Um, And so I'm really grateful for it. I'm curious, back when you say you take a five-year-old short, uh, five-year-old YouTube video, maybe resurfaces, and then you turn it into a short today. Are you organized enough that you're going to tap into a timeline or the original footage? Or are you just grabbing your YouTube video, maybe downloading that and then re-voiceovering it or throwing that into a timeline? Right now, um, there's a video that I have going back it, every year. This happens. This particular video comes back up again. What I am doing right now is I am downloading that YouTube video and I am turning it into vertical format. And I have experimented with refilming things or as I'm filming a YouTube video, I know there's real fancy cameras you can get that allow you to film like short form, you know, like vertical style as well as like horizontal at the same time. Sometimes I have my phone with me and I'll do like some pickups vertical just because it's easier to see the space. But honestly, I have had shorts do very, very well not having to do that. I have found, especially on TikTok, yeah, TikTok and um, and YouTube itself, if the content, if the quality of the content is there and you have that great hook, people are interested, people will stick around. It doesn't really matter, um, at least for the content that I'm producing. That's been my experience. Who is the money manager QuickBooks, how do you uh, do business finances? You guys tackle that yourself? We we do. We do have a financial advisor and my husband is just like super into that. He's he's on YouTube watching all those he like genuinely loves that. So that's sort of that's sort of his bag. Got you. And then are you managing the brand deals or does one of the assistants also help you go back and forth, negotiate? filter? I have found it is really nice to not, for me not to be the person negotiating with brands, just so I can focus on the creative aspect of that. Um, And I do have an assistant and my husband to help with brand deal negotiation. Um, But I will say like, and this is just speaking super honestly, like brand deals have slowed down a lot, I think for a lot of creators and the amount of revenue from brand deals is a lot lower than it used to be. And I think that's twofold. One, brands are scared because of the economy is really up in the air, right? And two, I think think a lot of brands are working with honestly like small small creators and people with like really micro influencers and smaller influencers that have they're doing really successful work with a lot of brands because it's less expensive right for brands to do that um and if they have a lot of small micro influencers they're able to reach a similar size audience a lot of the time um and so a brand deals while they're wonderful um and I have some brands that I love working with um consistency for me and working with brands multiple times is what I'm really looking for like trusted long-term partnerships 
tips. Um, that's been really good. But I think for me, um, affiliate marketing and course creation is kind of like the new avenue for me that I'm sort of branching off into. Again, we're talking about the pivot, right? That I'm seeing like this is a space for my brand that that makes a lot of sense for me to go into. And so uh, ad revenue, affiliate marketing, course creation, brand deals, four income streams, are those the main ones? You do anything else? Yes. <clears throat> those are the main, those are the main income streams right now. Um, and you know, there's I've toyed around with the idea of, you know, having another channel or starting a podcast or those types of things, but I haven't had the bandwidth bandwidth yet to do it. So I haven't. Um, but you know, I do have some merchandise that I sell too, but that's um kind of a smaller income stream for me. So two days ago at the time of recording, you did 50 new Dollar Tree deals that you need to buy uh from the pro. And I was watching this video. It seems like it's being filmed on a gimbal. Who is the videographer? That's my husband. <laughs> that is literally my husband. And we, like, honestly, we are super low tech. And maybe, I don't know if maybe this is encouraging to hear, but like, I I, I have tried um, hiring out or, you know, having videographers or whatever it is, but I have found that honestly and earnestly for me, just filming on a really quality DSLR camera with a nice lens, um, my husband knows how to film and we we go into the store together because I'm often like you know in stores and so having something smaller profile is better and yeah we we just film together and we hit those beats that video in particular my son happened to be there that day and it you know it it was it was part of the story and it worked out so <laughs> and the audio is also really good for Thank you talking you. in the store so are you mic'd up with like a wireless microphone yep he's sitting right here I got my little task cam right here. Um, and I, I do think audio obviously is king as well. Like I, I think when people tune in, th those are the first two things that they're there for. If the audio is bad, they're going to notice. And if the content is bad, they're going to leave, right? So if you, if you can get your audio and what you're saying with that great hook and just delivering from the beginning, that's going to really, really hook an audience. And you've been doing this for so long. Have you found that you just go into the store, just start filming? Are you trying to get permission? And have you also ran into any challenges with music playing in the background ever or anything like mm -hmm. that and copyright strikes? I know there's people curious about mm -hmm. creating content at Walmart, at Dollar Store. What are your tips? I think for me, I there there have been times when I have people have said, your managers have said, like, hey, we, you can't film in here. But honestly, for the most part, there are some stores that even encourage it now because so many people are sharing on TikTok. There's a store, Pop Shelf, which is an offshoot of the Dollar General, and they want you to come in and film. Um, you know, they love when creators are, in, you know, influencers, nano influencers, micro micro influencers, whoever it is, comes in and films anything. They they want to see that out there because that's free promotion for them. Um, and so there has have been some times where I might get some strange looks, but typically when I go into a store, um, I befriend the managers. I get to know people. I think that, you know, community is everything, right? So I make sure that I know the managers, they know me. Um, and I usually do three takes. The first take is me generally walking through the store and it's pretty like low energy. And then I do like the middle of the road take. And then I do the really high energy take at the end, like right before we're supposed to leave. I have asked stores before to turn down the music for copyright. And that's, you know, on an employee and store by store basis. I'm like, Hey, the music's a little loud. This is what we're doing. I'm Catherine. This is what I do. It's so nice to meet you. 
you know, for the next 10 minutes or so, would you be willing to turn down the music at all? This is typically in smaller stores. I'm talking like dollar store size. Um, and people, people do do that, but I have run into stuff in Walmart before in post. I can sometimes correct the audio a little bit. Um, and sometimes I end up just doing voiceover too. So I can, you know, if the song is kind of quiet, we can do a quick take and then I can voice over it when I'm home. Before we transition to the next question, you mentioned your son in that video and it was so cool to see him. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. You've got some 10, 12-year-old uh, age. Was that what ten, it was? 10-year-old. Yep. 10-year-old and a seven-year-old. And uh, 10 and seven. Wh- what's it been like in general just having family involved in your videos or just how, what does it feel like having a YouTube business that can support the vision for family, having freedom working from home? Yeah. I mean, really- that is one of the most, that is one of the coolest things about this job is having the freedom to be with my family more. And that was genuinely something that my husband and I talked about when he came on, you know, to work with me because we talked about, well, you know, he could stay in corporate and then, you know, we might have to get childcare for our kids. And I was like, or he could come and work with me and we could, you know, reverse engineer our day to figure out how we could make this happen. Um, and, you know, something I'm a big advocate of is, you know, working with a spouse, especially that's working as a family in general, that is a very different dynamic than, you know, the day to day. And so I'm a huge advocate of therapy. Um, right before we started working together, like we got in therapy to just like really like understand one another and our goals and what we wanted out of this experience um, to make sure that it was a healthy and a good one that we wanted to stick with. And we did have to make some changes early on. Um, my kids are not a huge part of my content. They're sometimes involved in my videos. Um, I used to have a family channel, but we sort of moved away from that. And it's, I mean, it's funny. My son, you know, always jokes around, like uh, somebody had recognized me when we were out and he's like, why is that person so excited to see you, mommy? You're kind of boring. And I was like, um, thank you for that. <laughs> so I, you know, I think they're aware that we make YouTube videos and stuff, but are not necessarily a huge part of it. Unless, you know, serendipitously, they happen to be there, you know, for some something. Um, but I, I truly think there is a lot of, as the more you create content and this takes time, this is not something that came out the gate. We didn't execute it perfectly, but allowing, giving yourself, um, a work day that allows for more family time. And again, this goes back to working smarter, not harder. Like these are the areas that I'm working really hard in and the spaces and the times so that I have this more intentional and really present family time. And that's been one of the greatest gifts um, of this job, honestly, is, is more of that family time. But for me, I had to get really intentional about it because Early on, I, I, it was really hard for me. I could not get that balance right where I, maybe it was felt like balanced out here, but I didn't feel balanced. Um, and so it took, it took a while and, you know, like back to the seasons thing, right? There's seasons of grind and hustle and there's seasons of like reflection and reassessment. Um, but I, I do think right now we're in a, we're in a good spot with that. And it's been, it's been nice. We get to, you know, go hang out as a family at, you know, three o'clock on a Tuesday. (laughs) There's nothing like the freedom that comes from, a creator business, but it takes a lot of work to get there and the work is worth it. Um, We're going to go to our new segment in just a second. I do before that also want to hear a shout out to where people can connect with you, but I have actually a question. You're 18 videos away from your 1000th upload. Did you know that? I didn't even realize that. I didn't know that. (laughs) So have you made plans yet to celebrate a thousand uploads. I have not made plans for a thousand uploads, but now I feel like I have something I could add to the calendar. It's a good That's idea. I cool. think I think you could do some kind of, I mean, maybe something for your subscribers, something for your community. But uh, for what it's worth, I know for me, 
Um, I could get so focused on building, building, building that sometimes I don't actually uh, do a celebration. You deserve it. You, you as a family too, should do many things that you got. And you have some runway, 18 videos, going to be a couple weeks, but you yeah. have been really cool. And that is a huge milestone, especially for some. I, I've uh, one of our uh, Think Media podcast interviews was Michael Zuber. He doesn't edit and he, he interviews clips related to finances. He's at 10,000 uploads. <laughs> 10, wow. in a shorter time wow. than both you and I, but the content format is just like quick conversations. He cuts a clip, he uploads it. It's a, it's a high volume kind of play, but with all the work and all of the, the time and all of the things that people don't see, I just want to acknowledge you too, just for what you've put in, how you serve people, the love and the positivity and the energy that comes through your videos over a decade, uh, for what it's worth. I give you permission that you didn't need, but I, I encourage <laughs> oh. you to go big. It's a thousand uploads. Y'all should really celebrate, go on vacation oh. too. You should make it, you should do something for multiple weeks, something for your subscribers, something for yourself. Um, that's going to be a really big milestone with all the work that you've been doing over the years. Well, thank you for that, Sean. I think that what you just said though is so true. And I think regardless of where you are in your creator journey, whether you're just starting or you've been at this a few years to like really champion your milestones and to like step back and be like, wow, like this is really going great. Um, And sometimes it's even as simple as like, I don't know, like keeping a little journal or writing it down or, you know, going back to, you know, sometimes I go back and like look at my planner or old videos and whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, like there's been a lot of growth since then. Like look at what's happened because it is easy to forget to do that. You're right. When you're so focused on the day to day. 100%. Okay. We're going to go to our new segment in just a second, but before we get there, um, this would be your time to shout it out. How can people connect with you, follow up with what you're doing? Of course, we'll link it up in the show notes. Where are you at? So youtube.com backslash do it on a dime. And I'm do it on a dime on all platforms at do it on a dime. Um, and I post weekly videos and many, many shorts as we've discussed. Amazing. And so definitely check out show notes. All right. This segment is called repeat after me. And so I'll say the say, uh, the sentence, you of course, repeat the first part and then fill in the blank with whatever comes to mind. If I was starting on YouTube from zero today, the first thing I would do is upload a short video, short form video. Oh, you got to repeat this, the opening line. Oh, I have to say, yeah. I see. And actually, I got to say let, the, here's, here's now, uh, some insight for listeners to, to why we do this segment. <laughs> they should steal it. Because this is a list of short form that we may cut out because you're going to tee up the hook um, by repeating the opening sentence. Oh, yes. All right. First I love time. this. Just, but I mean, so, so it's, uh, it's a fun segment. It gives us those bite-sized tips for, of course, our podcast community. Um, but for what it's worth, that's the reason for the segment. I haven't shared that's that That's right. Yet. See, when you mess up, sometimes a learning thing comes out of it. I love this. Awesome. Yes, yes. Okay, so we've got five of them, and here we go. Okay. So if I was starting on YouTube from zero today, the first thing I would do is? If I was starting on YouTube from zero today, the first thing I would do is pick up a camera, have a great hook, and create a 30-second short-form 
video explaining exactly what I do and giving people a reason to stay. The biggest mistake I see new creators making is? The biggest mistake I see creators making is feeling like they have to have it right out the gate. I think if you are consistently making content, it becomes right as you make it and you start to see what your audience is resonating with. The level up happens slowly. It does not happen right away for anybody. Any creator that you see that has quote unquote made it had to start off making a lot of mistakes to get there. If you're feeling afraid to get on camera, here's what I recommend. If you're feeling afraid to get on camera, here is what I'd recommend. Take three takes. The first take that you do, you're just experimenting and you're just trying it out, right? The second take, I want you to do the same thing that you said and give it a little bit more energy. And then the third take, make yourself a little bit uncomfortable, be more energetic or give more of yourself or try something that maybe you thought felt a little weird to do, you're going to surprise yourself when you play that back that a lot of times what reads in real life as too much on camera reads as just right. Once you start to succeed on YouTube, the next skill you should start developing is? Once you start to succeed on YouTube, the next skill you should start developing is to figure out why you are successful. Because it's one thing to have a video pop off and go viral, but if you can answer the question, why, get curious about why people are showing up to your content and specifically point it out and do it again. If you stay curious in this business, you cannot help but be successful. Finally, the most important mindset you need for long-term success on YouTube is? The most important mindset you need for long-term success on YouTube is recognizing any type of failure is a touchstone of growth and an opportunity to pivot. Every single time that I've gotten burnt out or felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next, I look back at all of those seasons and I go, that was where the new thing started. So when something stops working and you get curious about it and you're like, hey, what am I gonna do next? That's how you stay at this game a long time. Catherine, do it on a dime. Thank you so much for coming on the Think Media Podcast. Thank you for having me, Sean. It was an honor.